Hi, my name is Susan. I've been arrested 32 times just for listening to people talk with each other. The problem was I used to hide in the bushes outside the windows of people's homes to enjoy listening to strangers talk to each other. It's just something I like to do. I get bored and lonely sometimes, you know. Hey, Susan, don't do all that. There's another way to enjoy random conversations? Now, thanks to the podcast show, I can enjoy listening to conversations with strangers and learn something new every week. No more listening outside the window just to enjoy a good conversation. Tune in weekly on Wednesdays and subscribe for updates on your favorite platform to the Toddcast show and help our podcast family continue to grow and share around the world. Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Toddcast show. My name is Todd Murat, your host, and I'm so excited to be here with all of you. The Toddcast show is dedicated to exploring the human condition through conversation with strangers. We explore the positive, interesting, and oftentimes shocking side of human nature. In each episode of the Toddcast show, I talk with strangers in a down-to-earth, old-school, and heartfelt way about their life. Nothing is ever scripted, everything is spontaneous, positive, and we never discuss politics. You won't know what to expect next. Join in the conversation to laugh, love, learn, and grow with others around the planet. Who will I call next? Tune in to find out every Wednesday at midnight Pacific or for playback anytime on your favorite podcast listening platform. And stay connected with us at ToddCastShow.com. Thank you for joining us for another episode of the ToddCast Show. This morning, we're joined by Christian Yardinov. Good morning, Christian. How are you, brother? I'm good, Todd. Thank you so much for having me on your show, my man. Right on. I'm glad that you're here, brother. Where are you calling from? I'm in the south of Portugal. Portugal? Wow, that's a that's first. Right. What's that like? It, right right now, it's gloomy, but it's been pretty amazing for the last, I guess, six months, except it gets a little bit too hot kind of near the end of the summer. Mm-hmm. But, uh, you know, that's just a good excuse to um, hide under my air conditioning for two months. Uh, yeah. Absolutely. Is it an amazing place culturally and the food and, and the people and all that? It's amazing. We, we, we're here five years now with my wife. We have a kid now. She's two. We have a dog. She's four. Oh. And, yeah, it's coming here because we, we used to live in Ireland, in Dublin, which awesome. you probably know was really gloomy, rainy, windy, cold. So coming here was, wow, what a game changer. That is amazing. And what do you do for a living, Christian? I'm a health consultant. I help people with mostly with chronic and complex health problems to resolve them. Oh, really? Yeah. Excellent. Oh, I can't wait to talk about that. That's going to be interesting. Um, mm. I really do appreciate that. But as you know, we want to find out a little bit about how you got there, what your journey looked like in life. So let's uh, let's go way back and dig into your early years and kind of take the roadmap of uh, your life and find out how it uh, laid out and all that good stuff. Okay. Mm-hmm. All right. And uh, let me ask you this. It's always an interesting question and everybody answers it a little bit different. 
differently. What is your earliest memory that you can think of in your childhood? Actually, one of my earliest memories is um, being lifted, as probably four, being lifted to um, kiss my dead grandfather's forehead. That was kind of the thing you do before they get buried. That was uh, at my village in, in Bulgaria, which is where I'm from. So I remember I remember being there at the, at the funeral as well, kind of snippets of those memories, but I don't remember ever. I wasn't crying or anything. I was just like, what the heck, what the heck's going on, you know? Because um, you're a kid, you, you know, there is no good or bad. We only uh, start labeling things good as bad when, uh, when we start internalizing from our parents, this is good, this is bad. So I was just observing and I remember my grandmother was upset and crying and, uh, you know, the flowers and the stuff. So that's one of, that would be one of kind of the earliest memories I can um, uh, recollect. Wow, brother. I'm sorry. Um, but it's a No, really it's a memory. part of life. It's a part, it, there's nothing to be sorry about. You know, it's a part of life. And like I said, I wasn't sad or anything. Um, mm -hmm. You know, these things when you're a child, they don't, they're not that, they're just life, you know, just it is what it is, you know? Yeah. Yeah, totally, man. Um, did you grow up with siblings? Yeah, I had a, a, I have an older sister, yeah. Okay. Are you guys close? We used to be much closer back when I lived in Ireland, but since kind of moving here, she's got kids. Now I have a kid, so it's, you know, busy, busy. She's got her mm -hmm. career. So we, we speak once in a while, but we're just not, not as close. You know, it's hard... It's hard to be close to people when you're geographically separated, unfortunately. Definitely. I feel that. And are both of your parents still with us? Yeah. Yeah. Beautiful. Beautiful. Are you close with both of them? Um, I mean, again, separate, separated by geography, not so much anymore. Mm-hmm. Mm -hmm. yeah. Well, it's nice with technology. You can always reach out and have a little Zoom and whatever, you know, do they do that sort of thing? Yeah. Yeah. Skype, Zoom, oh. Telegram. Nice. Yeah. Very cool. Very cool. And um, so you mentioned Bulgaria. Is that where you were born? Where were you born? Yeah, I was born in Sofia in Bulgaria, the capital of Bulgaria. Wow. Amazing. It's so interesting. The grass always seems greener on the other side. Of <laughs> no, 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 no. No, no, no. <laughs> Bulgaria, man, when I was born, I'll tell you, it was best. Times was tough. My um, my parents and my grandparents t t tell me that when I was born, this was during communist times. The communism was um, abolished around uh, 1989. So I was born in 86, you know. So they were literally queuing up for days to get bread, milk, these kind of basic necessities. And one person would queue up for hours. Somebody would come and um you know take over their place and my granddad obviously being kind of the tough tougher the man sort of thing he would be the guy that kind of is there overnight sleeping there and dude this is this was reality for people in in these communist countries including you know russia and all the soviet bloc uh, literally no no food to basic staples to 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 speak of anywhere so um times was tough times was tough you know Wow, brother. Um, and by the way, I keep calling you brother because I'm a Christian. <laughs> You're <a> Christian. <laughs> yeah, I'm, I'm always calling everybody bro. That's it's, cool. It probably yeah, gets we're right on the same page. <laughs> it is really, 
it's really great at church when I can't remember somebody's name. Hey, brother. Hey, sister. How's it going? (laughs) I love it. Wow. Um, The grass is not always greener on the other side. Um, You just squashed that belief. Um, (laughs) And honestly, we don't think about stuff like that. You know, when I was a kid, I'm 51 years old, by the way. How old Mm -hmm. are you? Uh, 38. Okay, cool. So, you know, close enough, but like uh, you remember when things were different, you know, and um, mm-hmm. the world has changed. I, I mean, I'm assuming in different countries that, that people see the same kind of changes and stuff. But I remember way back when, you know, the word communist, it was like, it was a really dirty word, man. It was like terrorist today almost. Yeah. And uh, I don't really understand the whole dynamics of it. I, you know, of course, we don't talk about politics or anything, but socially speaking and, and socioeconomically speaking, what was that experience like as, as you recall as a younger person, like uh, going through all that stuff? What, what was that like? Um, so I actually was lucky that because when I was um, in, ni- in 1995, my family we went to South Africa. So we were there for six years. So what, from my understanding, Bulgaria really deteriorated in the in the 1990s so basically what happened was communism was sort of abolished they came up with some um you know just government that was pretty much made of the same players as, as it usually is and um the, that actually allowed the sort of but there was a vacuum of power that allowed a lot of these kind of um former wrestlers like olympic wrestlers and stuff tough guys basically thick necks um, tough, tough dudes, strong. It allowed them to actually uh, become powerful in 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 Bulgaria. So they started intimidating people, asking for protection money, just gangster stuff. And these guys in the '90s were just thriving. They were thriving, um, and eventually they got rich. They started buying with all the money they accumulated. They started buying legitimate businesses and hotels and now they're in the government and they're they own they own pretty much most of Bulgaria, uh, you know, hotels, shops, restaurants, all sorts of stuff. And it's basically it's um it's a mafia uh, mafiatocracy or whatever. And mm-hmm. um, the, the they don't really bother the the regular person in general. If you're if you're out there, um, you know, if you're like selling drugs on your own and you don't work for them, you'll be in trouble, big trouble. But mm-hmm. the, the regular Joe is not really bothered unless they're, they're looking for trouble, which is okay. Um, but it just, um, the whole, the whole, um, the whole system is so, so bad that I think a lot of people are just living in, not just in Bulgaria, but you know, like Ukraine and all these countries, um, they're just, uh, really downtrodden these folks. So, in general, um, the 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 at least from my view, the Bulgarian mentality is is been the people have just being downtrodden by communism and then by this sort of uh, stuff going on now, where the gangsters run the country. It's um, it's caused people to basically have uh, to become apathetic. To uh, it's a little bit like what's in it for me always. It, uh, uh, human interaction becomes that. People were uh, very wary of each other and always looking to do the least to get the most. And people, mm-hmm. you know, salaries are really low. It's actually the poorest country in the European Union. I don't know really? 
most people probably don't know because they they always think Greece must be Greece is so bad and so poor. Really? And people are like that. Yeah, yeah. And they must people are like that must be the poorest country in the EU. But Bulgaria is even worse. And Portugal, where I live, it's really people are just in general really poor on average, and it's really tough. But I always tell people here, hey, you think it's bad here? You go to Bulgaria and you will see what bad truly is. Um, yeah, it's, I always used to kind of joke, which is not really funny, but I used to say uh, Bulgaria is like the a third world country in Europe. That's how bad things are. And, you know, in, in, recent, in the last 20 years, things have ostensibly improved because a lot of companies are coming to IT companies are coming and investing and, you know, setting up shop because Bulgarian people are actually very smart. Programmers yeah, are. are, yeah, programmers are great. Uh, they speak uh, English at least as well as Bulgarian. And many, many Bulgarians speak multiple languages like French or German or uh, Italian. So um, this, it's a really, it's a, it's kind of improving in many ways, but the mentality of the, the person after being downtrodden and your parents being downtrodden uh, and your foot on the on the neck kind of thing by um, you know dictocrats and whatnot that that really stays in the psyche of the of the of the population. So I'm I, I'm kind of glad I don't live there and I don't have to deal with. There's a lot of pettiness and this kind of stuff. It's very um, narrow mind minded thinking in many ways. Whereas mm-hmm. Western Europe, it's more you know it's more expansive because people just just, just weren't weren't exposed to as much hardship. Having said that, you know, I've been in Ireland, things were bad in Ireland until the 80s and then in the 90s started to improve. But now the current generation that are adults in Ireland, they've pretty much only known good times, um, you know, the younger adults. So, you know, they have a much more expansive view of the world. They've traveled more. uh, Ireland's been a, a melting pot of different cultures. So I think that that's really one of the big benefits to having a prosperous country or place of birth or where you live is because you're exposed to so many more possibilities. And I'm lucky in that way we went to South Africa and I, I could see um, just a different pos- different possibilities for my life and my children's life, which, um, you know, I think is, is if you, if you know something is possible, you're much more likely to achieve it. If all your life yes. you stare at a gray wall, well, there is no, there is no meadows and rainbows and and rivers mm-hmm. and beauty, be, you know, beyond that. You can't imagine it. Absolutely, I totally agree. Um, wow, what an amazing influence that must have been. Um, it's just so different, you know what I mean? And yeah, and, uh, yeah, and, and well painted picture, by the way. Thank you for that description. Um, can I ask uh, what was your what was your life like with your family growing up? Like as a smaller person, um, you know, in the world, you know, how did your mom and your dad influence you? Your sister? What was all of that like in the home? Yeah, I think there was always you know positives and negatives to every family, every situation. I think so. so uh, just to kind of focus on because <laughs> it's easy to just focus on the negative things. And I really want to, I need to cut my parents more slack and appreciate. But, but both are important, you know, yeah, let's, both just, are important. let's yeah. definitely throw, throw out there, whatever it is that you feel makes yeah. the most sense. You know what I mean? Yeah, I think good I, or bad. I, yeah. I grew up in an environment. Definitely. There was a lot of um, conflict and animosity between my parents. So that mm. was not fun. 
to see that as a child, mm -hmm. you know, you don't know how to um, deal with it psychologically. So and that shapes your relationships later on in life. So that was mm -hmm. that was kind of not fun. But at the same time, my, my parents were really entrepreneurial. And, you know, my dad went to South Africa. I think he had like a, a few hundred dollars in his pocket. That's all he had is his passport and basically the clothes on his back and some other, like a bag of stuff. And he went there and started fresh. And, uh, you know, later later on, a few years later, we, we went over and, you know, he we were living in a decent house because before in Bulgaria, the way it is, right? And it used, I, I'm, it used to be like this. I'm not sure if it's like this now, but you have three generations in one apartment. So we were, mm -hmm. you know, less than thousand square foot apartment and it'd be my grandparents, me and my sister, my mom and my dad when he was kind of visiting from from mm. South Africa. So then we went and we moved into, I think it was a four bedroom townhouse. And dude, we were, <laughs> mm. we were like, wow, going Living to these large. massive, <clears throat> yeah, man, we were going to these massive shopping malls that things like that kind of didn't exist in, in the communist countries. I mean, yes, a little bit, you had a couple of malls in the big cities, but um, you had these massive malls everywhere. So we were like, whoa, what is this place? And the funniest part is uh, folks, when I would back, went back to Bulgaria, they were all like, oh, so you, you were like yeah, living amongst the monkeys there and stuff. I'm like, yeah, listen, I'm just thinking to myself, if you only knew, uh, like w compared, like uh, if you compare Bulgaria to South Africa, at least back in the day, how much more advanced it was. I'm like, if you only knew how much more advanced South Africa is right now economically, you know, every in every other way than Bulgaria. But it's there's no point in to belabor those points with people that just want to make fun. And um, yeah, so they were very entrepreneurial um, and I kind of, re I guess not rebels, you know, that kind of way, but free, they were more free thinking. They weren't just anything coming out of the TV or the radio. They weren't just accepted. So I think that really had a, a profound influence on me um that's why i'm a lot more i guess uh, of a critical thinker nowadays i'm more entrepreneurial i've always wanted to since a young age i guess maybe to yeah, emulate them i've always wanted to be be my own boss run my you know do my own business what be, be that you know what i'm doing now or my previous things i did um so i think overall who they made me and how they influenced me you know I, I, i'm very grateful for that very cool. What stopped you from going the mafia route, bro? That you know what? Literally, literally distance. I'll tell you, Todd. Distance, being being away from it. Because when we 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 went back to Bulgaria after a few years in South Africa, um, we then uh, myself and my sister finished high school and we went to um, we went to college in in Ireland. You know, mm -hmm. so being out of it was really good, actually couple of kids I grew up with like one of them lived in my apartment in our apartment block like they 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 were too they were arrested uh, for trying to freaking knock over an establishment you know what I mean wow. so it's there and a lot of kids I went there I went back there and I was stunned like kids and I was look I was 15 when I went back to Bulgaria I was 15 I was still a kid and there was kids three years three classes below me that were selling weed, dude. They were selling, they were, and not just weed, they could find you whatever you needed. 
whatever you wanted, you know? And these kids were like 13, 14, wow. 15 year old kids during my time in high school. They were the, the because, and, and they always look the innocent, you know, the, the most innocent looking kid, the nerdy looking kids. They're yeah. the ones that you can get freaking amphetamines. And so really the, the influence, mm. Not, not that, look, that's not to say I wasn't influenced badly by going mm -hmm. back there even for three years. I did kind of fall in with the wrong crowd. Mm -hmm. um, so that kind of led me down a path of, you know, alcohol and too much partying and just yeah. that, that, that was a big detour in my life that I guess it may be who I am today, but um, yeah. <laughs> in hindsight, if I had avoided that, I could, I could have been, it could have, things could have turned out a lot differently now. Totally, totally. I couldn't agree more. Um, but it's good. Yeah, you kind of see, I've always believed if you don't have uh, pain, you can't understand joy. And yeah. if you don't uh, see the darkness, the light doesn't have as much value and vice versa. So you have to know both sides of things sometimes yeah. um, to exactly. see what's really going on, you know. Um, yeah. Wow, what a story, man. And, and uh just uh, tell us something about your childhood that stands out, you know, like what really stands out negative or positive that kind of led you to be the person that you are today. I mean, I think I, I was always a smart kid. So from an early age, I, I was definitely smart. I could do math in my math in my head. Uh, when my older cousins were still doing it on, on their fingers. So I, I always kind of, it was reinforced that I'm very smart by my my family, so I think that gave me a lot of confidence growing up, knowing I, I could I could do stuff. Like I, I kind of aced through school, mostly through um, the primary stages. I was just coasting, and then high school got harder because you you it does get harder and you have to put more more work in. But I, I still I didn't want to put the work in, so that's why I started not performing as well as before. But, um, you know, uh, that, so that confidence was great until it wasn't because when I went to college, then it kind of, I hit a, after the first year I coasted through, yes, first year of college is easy, but then the second year I hit a wall and you have to put in the work then there's no other, you can't just go on talent. So I've kind of, and I've also read, this is the case that kids that are smart naturally they think that everything is easy when things get tough there they can start giving up easily i think that actually i had a period where I'd, I'd give up on things very easily when when they got hard and I'd start procrastinating and making excuses why it's not worth completing whatever it was i was working on so um i, I kind of learned a tough lesson that um it's not talent it's like what they the, was it Einstein? no edison you know, genius is 1% uh, inspiration and 99% perspiration. So I, it took me in my 20s after, you know, be, having that confidence and I guess cockiness at some point of, of, of being smart and being that being reinforced by family members. When, when you hit the real world or it hits you back sort of thing, um, you kind of humble up and start, you know, putting the work in, putting the hours in. Absolutely. Absolutely. And um, as you were growing up, like, uh, what was that looking like going into your teen and adult years? Um, what was that whole situation like? And where were you at the time? Um, well, like when I was 15, we went back to Bulgaria. So actually, yeah. <clears throat> high school, 
dude, high school, I think a lot of people listening would be like, geez, I want to go to that high school, but it's not, <coughs> excuse me, it's not what it, it sounds like, but high school in Bulgaria was just basically, well, I mean, for some, it was just gallivanting, as they say, you know, just skipping class, going for coffees, partying on the weekends, 15-year-old, 16-year-old kids going, let, being let into the nightclubs for adults, no problem. Maybe it's not going on now in Bulgaria, but that's, that's kind of how I fell down the wrong, with the, the, down the wrong path, you know, it just, it got, it got lax. You could, we could skip classes. Teachers were getting paid off to, to kind of give you a, a decent mark. You know what I mean? Uh-huh. I remember the, yeah, yeah. The, the last year of high school, I kid you not, I, I probably went into the math class maybe three times and I, I, I aced mathematics. I got an A. I barely even made it to, I didn't take one test along uh-huh. the way. You know, that's how, that's how it, it is. And I'm, I'm sure it, I, I doubt it's gotten much better. You know, I just was very, there's very little resources being put in the school. So that creates, that creates a lot of, um, I mean, look, don't get me wrong. A substantial portion of the class still were kind of good students and whatever. But if you, if you think the cool kids, the ones that influence you are, you know, are the ones you should, should be with, you know, hanging out with. And those kids are, you know, smoking weed and drinking and partying and skateboarding and not caring about class that influences you. And I unfortunately got influenced that way. I wanted to be a cool kid and whatnot. And, um, yeah, I think that, that kind of unfortunately set me up for some hardships in my twenties because, you know, it just, it was all about partying in my twenties. I feel like I really wasted them. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Wow, man. Um, I understand that. Yeah. And I partied a lot when I was younger too. And, um, you know, I resonate with everything you're saying, except for the coffee thing. I was just kind of sitting here, you know, giggling in my mind. Um, like, yeah, when we, uh, when we wanted to skip school, we were looking for weed and, and, uh, there was a drink that they may or may not still have out there called Jolt. And it was like double the caffeine, double the sugar. <laughs> we went for that, but I, I can't imagine drinking coffee in high school. <laughs> no. I remember there was one kid, this one kid, he, he was on acid. He'd come in on acid in classes, dude. Oh, wow. He was flying planes and, and stuff on in, in the, yeah, it's, that's, the, the wait, wait, wait. Race. He was flying planes in real life, or he was no, no, no. He was flying fly planes, planes in his head. He was going. Oh, yeah, okay. He was. He he just be like silent and quiet behind <sighs> us, and then suddenly you'd hear him go. <sighs> wow. <laughs> and he like you know like he would uh, be gesturing with his uh, hands, like he's holding the, the steering wheel or whatever that you, whatever you call that that yeah. the pilot holds. Like this is the kind of level of crazy I'm talking about. Yeah. Yeah, that is pretty crazy and weird and funny all at the same time, you know. Yeah, Hopefully he'll be okay enough. today. <laughs> yeah, I, I was talking to him, I guess maybe eight eight to ten years ago. He was doing okay. In fact, he was actually probably doing better than a lot of the, the other kids that were, you know, uh, were considered on the straight and narrow. But mm-hmm. it, it has to do with also who, who your parents are and, you know, what... what uh, you know, line of business you fall in to after 
after um after high school you know so he, he actually went to college studied like finished he was in the books and he was managing two companies when i when i met him so awesome you just Good never know and that's it's like me like no i i guess nobody would have thought knowing how i was in even in not just in high school but in my most of my 20s like mm-hmm. I remember, we, we'd be we'd be partying with friends, and we just walking from one place to another, kind of half wasted, and uh, you know, people. Uh, I'd say, you know, you see, guys, one day I'll write a book, and uh, I'd I'd be joking about it, and they'd be like, yeah, 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 sure, you write a book, and who's gonna read that book? Yeah, who's gonna read? You know, and but yeah, it happened. It just I knew I knew I was gonna do it. I wasn't showing the world I was going to do it, and I was gonna get it together. But I always knew, I honestly always knew that one day I'll kind of get my act together. And uh, that is actually quite dangerous because I know a lot of people that end up on the streets are also probably saying that, you know, one day I'll, I'll, I'll get it all together. I'll, I'll, you know, I'll go back to school. I'll finish my degree. I'll, I'll be successful, whatever else, start a business, change the world. I think it's probably a delusion. I, but I, I was, maybe I got lucky that I, I just... Something something happened that saved me from going down that path. Definitely, because honestly, when it comes down to it, and I'm, I'm just guessing that you would agree, you can share either way, but uh, that one day has to be today. It's yeah. not off in the future. You have to make the effort and decide that, look, I'm going to do this. I'm going to start right now, you know, and then every day work towards it. Would you agree? Oh, yeah. It's like quitting smoking, man. Mm-hmm. How? Because I, we, we, we were smoking since the age of 15, and it's always, oh, yeah, next week I'll quit, and then Monday I'll quit, and then, oh, no, now it's Monday. It's, I'll, I'll do it on the weekend. It's too stressful, and it's it has to be today. It has to be today is the day for anything, whether you're quitting something or starting a new thing. It's like my next book. I, um, I There's so many, being a dad and everything and well, my, my job, there's so many things getting in the way. And it's easy at eight o'clock in the evening to say I'm so tired I can't do it, but mm-hmm. now I'm I'm at the stage where even if I take my phone out and just do a little bit of research on a topic that I'm going to be writing about, that for me at least I can go to bed and say, well, spend half an hour there. It wasn't the perfect time at the computer sitting well and you know taking notes down, but I I did something that will feed into tomorrow's ten minutes here, twenty minutes there, maybe a couple of hours if I'm lucky when my kid is sleeping. So it's, it has to be today. And the, the ones that say tomorrow, you just, it becomes a habit. And it's just, just, just like you created that habit, you can reverse the trend in the other direction. Instead of saying, I will do it tomorrow, you can say, oh, I will start it today. Whether that's cleaning, you know, the, the mess in the kitchen or whatever else, just do two minutes. And I, I find like, I'll do two minutes and then 20 minutes later, you know, I've done a good amount of work and I'm like, all right, this is a good logical place to stop because, you know, you're not overtired, you're not pissed off with it. So the next day you're coming back and you're coming back to a successful session. And that can be with anything, with losing weight or getting fit or um, whatever else, quitting something, starting a new habit. Awesome, man. Awesome. And um, strange question, but I'm just kind of wondering if you could uh, go back and 
you know, let's just say that time travel was indeed possible. Maybe it is. I don't know. They've got crazy technology these days. If you could go back into your early years, where would you, what age would you be and what would you tell yourself? If you could just transport back into your previous existence as a young person, <laughs> what age would you go to and what would you say to yourself? Oh, man, I can't. I, I can Probably every week I could go to every one of those weeks and there'd be good <laughs> advice I could be giving myself. I think... One thing, one thing I would be probably very early. I remember very early, um, we would, you know, around Christmas, you would get chocolate candy, maybe some cash from the neighbors or the, the family members kind of visiting. And I remember my, cause my sister was a, a year older. They'd always tell her, um, you know, save your money now. This is prudent. So they were giving her, they were talking to her like an adult, like a grown up. And nobody was telling me jack squat because oh Christian is too small now to understand whatever. So I was like oh eating my chocolate in like a day or two, all my accumulated chocolates gifts, and then I'd go and buy uh, books. I, I used to love books even as a kid, and I'd buy like <coughs> toys or stickers and whatever. And my sister would be accumulating cash, and she was always a saver, and I was always this kind of thing, uh, sort of you know feast or famine. So I would definitely tell myself save save your cash more enough it you know chill out with the impulse buys you know these things they're not you know you you're looking for a feeling that you think this action is going to create but it won't mm -hmm. to just create more frustration and and dig you deeper into a, a hole for example mm -hmm. that's that's been my experience so that, that would be one thing at, at, and there's probably like a thousand I could rattle off sure. if we had the time. No, I'm just curious, you know, just wondering. Um, and let's uh, let's kind of switch gears a little bit and uh, start talking a little bit how you found your your destiny, I'll call it, what you're doing today and all that. Like, uh, where did all that start to happen? So um, I was kind of getting into health around 2008. There was the the Great Recession and whatnot. Not that I wasn't I was much aware of it much, but um, I was working in a bar. I, w I wasn't really happy with the work. It was very busy, a lot of work, and just really wasn't great. So I I, I started doing a um, a course um, in personal training and fitness instruction. So that was my introduction introduction to the world of fitness and health. And then I was also doing. Thai boxing, so sort of like kickboxing type um, mm -hmm. sport, and that's kind of how I got into it. But it, I veered off in other directions, got into the IT world, mm -hmm. but that was only a means to an end. Um, I kind of fell into it, uh, but I, I, I because I, I, I'm not, a, I'm not the dumbest person you meet, you know. So I got into the IT stuff, and when I got into it, I actually, <clears throat> I, I got good at it because I spent the time. To get good at it so that was doing okay but then around 2016 I, I started getting back into the health stuff i just wanted to escape the it world that was my my sort of five five year vision was to be working for myself and get get out of the corp and the office job i just hated it bro i hated it yeah. and um the, the whole thing the the office politics the, the sitting in a cubicle, the, the fluorescent lights, the, yeah. shitty co the, the crappy coffee, excuse me. Yeah. Um, <laughs> all of it, all of it sucked. Look, staring at screens all day. I mean, not that I'm not staring at screens all day now, 
but at least working with clients is so so rewarding so um in 2016 i i had turned 30 and i said to myself i'm gonna get my stuff together clean up my diet my I'm, I'm, i was about to be 30 and i said to myself all my 20s you know just were wasted i'm gonna have to find a wife have kids i you know i can't keep doing this so uh i, I kind of went plant-based that year which probably wasn't a good idea but i i thought that was a good idea and then i, I went back to training for the for the thai boxing and i said to myself by the end of the year i'm gonna do a fight an amateur thai boxing fight and that's when i i met my wife that year and mm. i also started a, a course in neuromuscular therapy mm. which uh, i didn't finish but i did finish the first half of it so i became or, or i got certified as a sports massage therapist so and my wife um uh, my girlfriend at the time who's now my wife she was a ex-professional ballet ballerina so you know an athlete <clears throat> if ever there is one you know these ballerinas are athletes like not, nothing else so um you know she had some health problems when we met she because the you know 20 years of ballet would destroy your health mm. uh no no way no no other way about it so the the first year that we were together she was put on antibiotics four times so mm. i was like damn you know like is this woman even going to be able to carry children right um yeah. so i started getting more and more into health uh, a couple of years into the relationship it got really i got really serious about it around 2018 i i was doing more courses about coaching and stuff like that uh just continuing to to push to get myself out of corp and i started really digging into neurotransmitters and genetics and um, the microbiome and a bunch of other things and i had to i had to figure out i was, I was looking first of all for ways to reverse some of the damage I'd created for, from my poor diet and lifestyle in my 20s. And I was also looking to help her be healthy. But also seeing my grandmother, who who had suffered from multiple strokes, how much she was deteriorating in the last years of her life, and my granddad as well, and my, my mother was having health problems. So I, I said to myself, damn, like, after what I did to myself in my 20s and late teens, <clears throat> I must be, I must be destined to, to, to be deteriorate like them. So I was like, no, no, I cannot allow this to happen. Um, I quickly found out that it's mo mostly not genetics. It's mostly diet, lifestyle, environment. So I started, uh, you know, changing my diet and adding supplements and listening to all these biohackers and just doing all sorts of crazy cool stuff. And around late later that year in 2018 uh someone in my family uh, a child was i was told that they're suspected that the child is on the autistic spectrum so at the time i was reading a book that uh it's it's called nutrient power by dr william walsh mm -hmm. and he talks about all the biochemical imbalances in schizophrenia criminal behavior adhd depression and there was a chapter in his book on autism so I, I actually did not read that chapter until I was told of this because I wasn't interested in it. I was just, mm. you know, autism. I just, from, I just like everybody else, oh, it's a genetic thing. And it's, you know, those people are, you know, extremely socially awkward. And that's, that's what most people knew 
you know, or I guess at the time. Now it's more, mm-hmm. a bit more uh, popular. So, you know, people are learning more and more. But uh, I quickly read that chapter and quickly found out that just like all the other things that are, you know, initially they're genetic and da da da. I figured out that it's it's not genetic. It's mostly not genetic. It's environmental. It's caused by um, you know poor poor health of the mother, uh, poor health of the child, dietary factors, toxicity, uh, immune activation, gut problems. So, I um, to help this family, I started putting resources together, and then over the next year, um, uh, I kept helping them. I kept researching, finding stuff out. And then I started joining some Facebook groups in 2019 and I put together like a PDF. It was like 70 pages, I remember, with information. And I started to get certified as, as a, a, a various coaching disciplines. So I wanted to, you know, start helping people professionally. But initially I was just trying to help. Uh, and I, I was met with a lot of disdain by uh, these parents on the uh, autism face, face groups. So... Uh, I basically said to my girlfriend at the time, my wife now, I said, "Look, nobody's gonna, <clears throat> nobody's gonna take me seriously until I write, a, unless I write a book about this." And she's like, "Yeah, I, th- I think you're right." And I said to her, I, "I, I think I can do this. I know I can do this. I've since the age of ten, nine, ten years old, I've, I've known I'm gonna write a book. I just wanted to do it. I knew I was gonna do it. This could be it. This could be, you know, destiny fulfilling itself." So, yeah, then I spent some 10, 10 months or so researching the book and writing it, drafting it, editing it, uh, putting it together, typesetting. I did almost everything except the graphics and the cover. So I, did the, I put that book together and I published it in 2020, mm-hmm. uh, the week of the big lockdowns that, when they started happening. Yeah. So the, the, the launch... The book launch was largely had to be ignored because everybody was kicking each other's ass uh, to get the last uh, packet of toilet paper. So, right. <laughs> so yeah, so um, that's that that was how I got into kind of the my, that was my first publication in the health world, and you know, it was I spent so much time hunkering down doing this book, and mm-hmm. you know, obviously I wasn't working during the time. I was spending 10, 10 to fourteen hours a day doing that. So I I'd ran out of money. So after the COVID thing hit, I had to, you know, I had to get a job again. And uh, yeah, the, I was back to square mm-hmm. one, even though I had a book. And since then, it's 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 changed. Though I, I while whilst I had that job, it was for a podcasting company. Um, I launched a couple of my own podcasts. One was about mm-hmm. autism and children's health. So mm-hmm. over the yeah over the years, I've, I slowly started building things out and uh this year really is when things started to kind of uh finally go my way in terms of the health consulting stuff this when i now i'm working with this is what i'm doing full time i'm writing my next book which i'm hoping to publish early next year Mm -hmm. and you know it it took me a long time to get here but i tell you i i can i can be at the computer six hours almost entirely sitting down and staring at a screen and talking and then my throat is sore and I'm, I'm coming downstairs with a smile on my face after that even though i, I should be like i should be exhausted i'm energized helping people and and, and you know uh, doing this work 
I feel that, brother. I feel that. That's how I um, operate too. I mean, but my my stretches are a bit longer. Um, they say that the thing that you know is your destiny and your gift and something that you should do is the thing that you can do the longest without getting tired. And mm. my stretch and no drugs or anything like that, um, believe it or not, like as a web developer, I have a background in marketing and web development. And I started a another marketing agency not too long ago called local growth strategies and i'm leveraging all of my experience and new technologies and i've got a big team underneath me and all that stuff but man i'll tell you what like the longest i've ever worked was 32 hours straight whoa I mean, straight through, 32 hours, just stopping for food and, you know, a little bit of weed, um, a lot of coffee, but that's it, you know, and, and wow. uh, you know, that was the craziest. Um, I'll never forget that experience. That, that, that was really something. And I realized, like, I was going to hurt my body if I did that a lot. So I don't do that anymore. <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah. We can do that after 35, yeah. 40 and one other thing, I don't, I don't want to miss anything, but I want to keep us on track. And I apologize again for my hard stop today. Um, we've got a little under 15 minutes. And I want to make sure that we talk a little bit about the value that you can offer to people's lives and mm-hmm. what you do. And we'll uh, make sure that they know how to get a hold of you and all that. Can we kind of shift into that focus and talk a little bit about how you can help people with what you do now? Sure, yeah. So uh, my main... My main client base, I help people with chronic complex health problems and a smaller subset of people I just help with optimizing health. So folks that understand the value of, 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 of health, that literally it is, it is the wealth and uh, the, the, the biggest wealth you can possess is to be optimally healthy. So, but most, most of the people and what I really specialize in is helping people to restore their health from a serious health problem. I'm talking, uh, actually, I just, um, uh, uh, I was talking to somebody a couple, three, I think three, two or three days ago um, with very severe chronic fatigue. And I just started working with him. Um, you know, the, we had done our first session and that was our second session that um, we we conducted and I gave him a basic baseline protocol to start working on while we're, while we were waiting for lab work. So we did a stool test to figure out is is there any pathogens in there that could be you know contributing to his very serious health health issue. Um, mm-hmm. He was literally he literally stopped working and stayed at home for, for months to to figure it out to sort of you know recuperate. He was trying things, researching things. And uh, he found me on a forum and asked, asked about a lab test. And we, we kind of, we did a session, we ran the lab test, but the base protocol I gave him, he did that. And a month later, uh, a couple of days ago, a month later, we, we met and he told me in this meantime, this month or so since we last spoke and he did my base protocol, he not only did he get married, but he's going back to work this week. Awesome, right? man. Very One cool. One session, right. And um, there's a, yeah, so this, this is, I started working with a lady with multiple sclerosis about a month ago. And I was talking to her just earlier, a couple of hours. And she's telling me that on Monday, her tremors started to improve. And I'm like, wow, like it's only been a month. I'm thinking to myself, yes, 
God, thank you, please. I, I really, this, these are the kind of things I live for. This is like really yeah. what, what gets me, just really gets me up in the morning. I'm just so excited when people tell me this. So, yeah, so. Um, well, hold on a second. Let me ask you something. And yeah. and I'm, I look, was looking at the wrong clock. We have six minutes. Oh, okay. <laughs> and it's okay. I'll keep us on track, but just no, keep that in mind if you would. And I'm so sorry for this. Normally it doesn't no, matter, but today no it does. No problem at all, bro. Okay, cool. You're the best. And um, is it God working through you? Is it just science and medicine or both? I think it's both. You know, I think, ah, oh, this science and medicine. If you look at what science and medicine has become, it's it's not, there's nothing holy about it, you know. I think it's definitely, it's, it's um, we, it's both. It's both just to kind of, um, it's hard to express, but you know, I'm not. I'm not really. I'm not doing any healing. The people are self-healing. I'm literally just using my knowledge and experience, imparting that onto them, teaching them. Teach. Literally, we're teaching, educating people how to. So we are identifying what is causing problems in their body. Mm-hmm. We are identifying, you know, nutrient deficiencies or toxicities, things like that, and then we're facilitating improving those things removing them if, if needs be if it's gut pathogens or toxins stuff like that and then we're teaching them how to feed themselves how to supplement their diet with supplements how to stress less how to ameliorate the effects of stress which is one of the biggest killers so mm-hmm. I, I most certainly think it's God working through me um, you know it, I just I don't want to. I don't want to say I'm a miracle worker. A lot of clients, because of their stressful lifestyles and jobs, it takes months to get good results. But with this particular person I'm talking about, the fact that he was at home and the lady with the multiple sclerosis, the fact that they're at home and not out getting stressed at a, at a job, that actually is a big part of the 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 puzzle. If you're out there in traffic and working or doing your business and then raising kids and you have a health issue, it's going to be an almost insurmountable problem compared to if you can take a few months off work, be at home, do yoga or Pilates, go for walks, meditate, pray, whatever, watch comedy, listen to podcasts, go for walks. So yeah, but the most important thing is that we do use use science, we use advanced lab testing, uh, urine, blood, hormone testing, hair testing. So we, we use the advanced tools that we have we use some supplements that are advanced and, and you know, really awesome. But mm-hmm. we use the basics of nature as well. So we're kind of going back to uh, ancestral eating habits, right? Uh, using light more ancestrally. So turning off turning off the blue lights when the sun sets, uh, uh, putting on uh, the red lights, not the uh, red LEDs, which are very cheap using infrared lights and red light therapy to replace some of that red spectrum that is missing from our lives because we are so most of us are so deficient in light which is a nutrient and people don't people don't get it that way most people Mm -hmm. so Mm -hmm. we're adding things that that the, the modern world has taken away we're going back to ancestral living so eating organ meats eating nose to tail um, eating real food only is so important. Eschewing completely ultra ultra processed packaged stuff. Um, you know, sleeping, uh, uh, going to bed early, rising early, 
exposing mm -hmm. yourself to the sunlight. So these these are things that we we integrate back into the person's life and mm -hmm. invariably they'll get better. Whether they heal mm -hmm. completely, it depends on, on how advanced they are in their journey, how much dysfunction has occurred. Generally, the younger and healthier a person is, the faster they'll bounce back. Very Kids cool. bounce back really fast. But um, cool. yeah, yeah. And I apologize again, you know, for the time. Um, we can definitely, I would love to have you back for another interview where we can just ride it out and go as long as we want. I don't mind going over normally. It's just today is kind of a, an That's unusually true. busy day for me. Um, sure. And God bless you for being patient. I really appreciate that. <laughs> no, thank you, Todd. This was a pleasure, my friend. Anytime. We, we but, can do this again whenever is, you like. There is definitely something really important. Is I want to I want to make sure people know how to find you. Do you sure. have a website? Yeah, it's just my name, christianyordanov.com. Okay, Chris, cool. Christianyordanov.com. Love it. Love it, my man. That's great. And what can people expect? Just real briefly, we've just got a minute left. Um what can people expect when they reach out to you? Uh, they can actually book a free consultation with me. I do Perfect. free introductory calls. So they can set that up and we can talk, see, see where they're at, see how I can help them out, get to know each other, see if we're a good fit to work together. And mm -hmm. yeah, we can take it from there. Very cool. Christian Yordanov, someone who can help you get back to the basics of your body and your mind and ultimately your soul. I, I think they're all connected, but uh, it comes down to diet and habit. And uh, these therapies are very fascinating. I'm going to have to look into light therapy because I, I know about seasonal affective disorder mm -hmm. and uh, lack of regular light, but I've never heard of red light and other things. I, I'm really fascinated by that. So I'm definitely, it's really awesome. <laughs> I want to talk more about that stuff with you. <laughs> yeah, into that. That's awesome. Well, Christian, I really appreciate you being on the show today. And let's get you back again for another episode where we can really dive deeper into this good stuff and um, really provide some value a little bit deeper than what we were able to do today. And I just want to thank you for being here and for sharing what you're about. And congratulations. You know, it sounds like you've really gone through some stuff that led you to the place where you needed to be. And you found yourself and your spouse and made a family and I mean, you did really well. So congratulations, man. Thank you, Todd. Appreciate it. And appreciate you for having me on. Thanks so much. It's my pleasure. It really is. And I look forward to us speaking again soon. Yes. Likewise, brother. Thank you. Thank you for tuning in to the Toddcast show. If you found today's episode helpful and meaningful, don't forget to subscribe so you don't miss out on what's next. Remember that the Toddcast show is all about community and connection. So follow the podcast on your preferred social platform to keep updated on everything I've got in store. Also check out ToddCastShow.com to find out more and stay connected with me, Todd Mira. Be sure to tell your friends and family about the Toddcast show so the podcast family can continue to grow and share on an international level. See you over on the next episode. Hi, I'm Todd Mira, host of the Toddcast show, and I want to share something personal with you today. Throughout my own life, I've struggled with issues I didn't even realize I had. Things like depression, past trauma, PTSD, and feeling disconnected from the people I loved the most. 
It took me hitting rock bottom to realize I couldn't fix myself alone. I needed help to unravel the tangled knots within my life, find myself again, and become stronger in the areas I was weakest. It wasn't an overnight transformation, but with time, I learned to change my thinking, my attitudes, and my entire paradigm for the better. I learned that it's good to ask for help, and that's why I want to tell you about our sponsor, BetterHelp. Thank you to BetterHelp for sponsoring this episode of the Toddcast Show. BetterHelp is the world's largest therapy service, and the best part, it's 100% online. You can participate from anywhere, anytime that works for you. It's simple to get started. Simply answer a few questions about your specific needs and personal preferences in therapy, and BetterHelp will match you with the perfect therapist from their network. It's really that easy. You can message your therapist anytime you need support and schedule a live session when it's convenient for you. BetterHelp is committed to ensuring that you find the perfect match to guide you along your journey to well-being. As someone who went through therapy and came out way ahead of where I started, I want to invite you to take this step to a healthier, happier you today. My life was transformed through therapy, and yours can be too. With BetterHelp, you get the same professionalism and quality you'd expect from in-office therapy, but with a therapist who is hand-picked for you, all at a shockingly affordable price. And as a special offer for our listeners, you'll get 10% off your first month by using the special link, betterhelp.com forward slash Toddcast. That's betterhelp.com forward slash Todd cast. You don't have to face life's challenges alone. Better help is here to support you through the big and small issues of your life in a way that can really make a huge difference, both short and long term. Take the first step towards a healthier, happier you visit betterhelp.com forward slash Todd cast to get started today.